This is The Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding. Brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. Surprise, surprise, motherfucker. The king is back. <laughs> Off the wall since 1960. Motherfucking six. <laughs> Drop that bitch. I gotta be honest with you, man. It felt pretty good running that Vans ad, man. It's been a while, dog. What you been saying? Too long, bruv. But we back now. It's good to be back in the booth. Definitely been too long. But shit, man, for the next 12 weeks, you know what time it is. <laughs> we locked in, baby. I'm D Jones. He's the ghost. As always, we've got Antoine behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Still. Ghost, break down what we got going on. Episode 1, Season 15. Woo! Here we are. 15. Damn! That's a big number. And uh, we sparking it off right. We sparking it off proper with a young legend in the game. That's right. Legend. Donovan Piscopo, man. Your namesake. Still doing it big, doing it up in Cali. You know what I'm saying? Hockey, Nike, you know the drill chill ass dude let's get into the interview bruv or did we forget something <laughs> we forgot a couple things after the interview it's on to the post office then we wrapping it up with the rundown and as usual make sure to follow us on instagram at the bunt live subscribe to us on youtube at the bunt live and head over to our patreon patreon.com slash the bunt and if you missed any old episodes you can find them on the buntlive.com we got it all going on Ghost, this might be an absolute laundry list of video parts, but let's give it a shot, man. Ghost shout out of the week. Who's it going to be? Bro, I'm going to keep it short and sweet, man. The boss, Andrew Reynolds, dropped another part on us, seemingly out of the blue. Straight legend. The man's rocking vans these days. It's too easy, man. Varial healing triple sets. I don't know how old he is, but... <laughs> If I could ollie a five-star at that age, I'd be proud of myself. So hats off to the boss, ultimate legend of pain. Ain't that right? And I bet you want to shout out your boy, Sodi, Mark Suchu. Been a long time coming. Finally got his crown, man. Damn, have we been off since he got announced? Tom's flying. Yeah, shout out Mark Suchu. Shit, well deserved. My man went off still. So did D-Lo too, man. So like the ghost said, we have none other than Donovan Piscopo in the building. He said it all in the intro. There's only one thing left to do before we make it pop, and that's order ourselves some pizza. You know what time it is. A little Dr. Pepperoni, a little Napoli Dynamite, maybe some Tropic Thunder. Man, order yours online via the maker app available on android and on apple ios or head in store they got locations popping up everywhere maddie matheson tell them what they dealing with when they order maker pizza this is literally the best pizza in the world 
All right, man. Let's get this interview popping. All right, y'all. We got Donovan Piscopo in the building today. What's cracking, man? What's up, guys? <laughs> it's early in the morning over here, bro. Yeah, it's a uh, early morning, but uh, I'm stoked to be here and stoked to fucking uh, talk with you guys. Fuck yeah! Thank you, man. Uh, so we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. Shit. For a skate moment, I would have to go with uh, just being young with my fucking my pops skating. But I would go skating with him. Like he was obviously a skateboarder from the eighties. But when I was five, he got really heavily back into it. But it was pretty insane. Like I would just be going on his sessions with his friend Phil, and then it was just like I don't know how to explain it. Like how when I think back to it now, like dude, that was mm-hmm. the most incredible time of my life because it's like I'm finding something new, and then. I get to see like the re-spark of skateboarding in him, like how it happens to a few of us. But yeah, just growing up with my dad skateboarding is like everything to me. And then obviously like just uh, all the chapters of my father and I's relationship with skateboarding. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like crazy moments that I could probably name, but as like a whole, for sure, just growing up skating with my dad. As for a sports moment, I fucking I really don't know. I, all I really know is that it's the Super Bowl today, and that <laughs> there might be like there might be like a le- few less people on the water, which is going to be kind of sick. <laughs> but I don't have like no staple moment that's coming to mind right now. But I'm just like stoked that there's might be like a few less people out there today. But yeah, there'll be a lot of people in LA. That's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a fucking wild one for sure yeah so this exact day last year super bowl sunday we did an interview in the morning as well with damian bravo and we asked him to predict who the winner would be and unfortunately he chose wrong he chose the chiefs who eventually lost to tom brady yeah uh this is your chance man to be the a sports nostradamus who you think's gonna win the L.A. Rams or the Cincinnati Bengals? Uh, I'm going to go with the L.A. Rams just because of L.A. Oh, all right. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> There's going to be a riot probably tonight. <laughs> if they don't win? Yeah. Or uh, if they either win. Either way, I bet yeah, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, if they win, I feel like it'd be probably <laughs> a riot too. Like, it's going to be yeah. <laughs> So, yo, take us back to the beginning. Where did you grow up and how would you get into skating? I grew up in Covina, California. My father got sober at age 27, and I was five years old. And when he got clean and sober, he like was like, what were we going to do? Like, you know what I mean? So he mm-hmm. just started skating. Well, first off, I got my first skateboard when I was two years old, the Alien Workshop oh. Spectrum Board. And that's oh, like sick. this that story of how our, sh- the, our shop, the pawn shop, got its name. Yeah, his dad had just passed and he had like no money, you know what I mean? And uh, he was given a gold ring and he went and pawned the gold ring for the cash for my first board and a six pack. Fucking, that's how I got my first board. But then a few years later when I was five years old, a little bit more capable of riding it. I fell in love with it and that was like 
all we did and it was mm-hmm. fucking epic and he would go skate with this guy phil and then i would tag along and we would i don't know this shit i would see growing up would like he would always like introduced me with like the black label videos anti-hero videos it's like the beginning of what i thought or knew what skateboarding was was like just that shit and just going out and skating with your friends but it happened to be my dad which is pretty insane but from like five to like 10 years old was really fun and it was like learning how to skate and then around like 11 and 12 years old it kind of started like really clicking and then we just, this would start working on uh, making video parts for me towards Sick. like the end, wow. and he like put all of his energy into it. And we would have like random homies filming uh, me, and then he would film me too. But it was kind of like a weird tension thing that he would like pull up the camera because I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean. But the dad pressure. Yeah, the dad pressure, but he's like wants it to be like fun and sick and like natural. But then it's like. <laughs> fuck it, you gotta get it still. So it was like, (laughs) (laughs) it it got intense for sure, but um, yeah, just growing up with him, like I don't know where I would be or what I would be doing if it wasn't for him. So like I, I mean, it's just a blessing for me to like have him. I mean, still to this day, he's like pushes me, but definitely found skateboarding, uh, Cody's Courtyard, Covina, California, which is where I still reside and still live. But that's like the very beginning. That's, that's epic, crazy. man. That's a unique tale right there. It's crazy because uh, my son has a skateboard and he's like a year and a half. And he actually has an alien workshop board too. He doesn't really do anything with it, obviously. He can like barely walk. But he like drags it around. And sometimes I just wonder like at what point will he like realize what it, what it is you know like totally. what was your was five years old like your first memory of like skating or do you like remember it before then uh i would say around five i remember being able to ride the board and this is like a well i lived on center street in this apartment complex with my pops and we had like a little car garage with like a few rails and like our like a fucking kick ramp and shit and then I remember like skating out front of the apartment and he had a piece of angle iron on its side so you could do like little slappy grinds. And I remember like watching that and then going straight on where it's like the angle and my yeah. truck catching and me going straight <laughs> to my face on the rail and be oh, like, oh, oh shit, like this is like, that, that doesn't work. But like learning like those little things, that's, remember falling on my face and remembering like, all right, like this is real. But there's like <laughs> ways to do it because he's obviously doing it, and then yeah. But I would think I was like around five, then and then. Uh, I mean, obviously, like the first ollie, it was like right on Center Street, uh, in front of the apartment, and then I think after that it was just like on. Like yeah, it was just I was like that's just what I wanted to do, and then it's just what we did do. So it's just very natural and i don't really i can't really see my life ever being any other way without like i don't know just thankful for that i think like five years old to solid age to really start being able to push and like or like Mm -hmm. the beginning of like pushing mongo and then all the older heads being like man you can't do that it's like (laughs) and then i'm like whatever and then you realize like okay shit 
does work better if you do it right. Like those little things I remember learning around that age. <laughs> at what point, I mean, it was probably a sad time for him, but at what point did he like set you free to go skate with your own friends instead of like him and his buddies? Um, I don't know. I was like more down to skate with him in the beginning for actually for a long <laughs> time. And still to this day, I'm probably yeah. more down to skate with, I mean, it's different nowadays, but, uh, I went on my first zero trip at a like, I think I was twelve. Wow! So uh, he <laughs> was a young I mean, old guy though. Yeah, he uh, he let me go pretty early on because he trusted me and like he was like he knew what was up like with all the mm-hmm. all the shit that goes on in the band and he would give like the dudes like a little disclaimer like come on just like you gotta look out for the kid and they would mm-hmm. all I mean my pops is a. He's respectful, but he also gets a lot of respect. So, like, he, uh, it was all good, but it was pretty insane. Like, with, like, Winterberg and then some of the early Zero dudes, it was fucking crazy. <laughs> but I, now I think, like, dude, some 12-year-olds that I know nowadays, I just couldn't picture them. Like, yeah. Uh, I was 12 years old when I went on my first trip, though. That was, like, the beginning of that. But as for, like, friends... He was a friend, so it was like kind of hard because he. Yeah. They would all. Be, I mean, he was so young too. That's what's crazy because I'm 27 now, so he was probably like at least like probably 30 when he was skating with me, and then like John yeah. Fitzgerald and a few others. But sick. Yeah. Still in his prime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was for sure. So, what would you consider was your first big break in the skate industry? I mean, I would have to say, like, getting on zero, because that, like, kind of, like, changed my whole perception of skateboarding. Because I would be going down to mm-hmm. Black Box, uh, meeting, like, Jamie Thomas and, like, all these, like, what you would call, like, legend dudes in skateboarding. Uh, mm-hmm. And then that basically changed everything. I mean, my first big break, I think, was learning how to, uh, oh, I guess what you call sponsor me tapes, or just making video yeah. cards. That was, like, my first thing that I realized, like, sending them out and then getting uh, responses back was, like, the first thing. But Mike Sinclair intercepted one of my tapes that I sent into Zero, <laughs> and he's the one who was, like, all right, like, he said I had it, which was I'm very thankful for Mike, but he's the one who hooked me up with the Zero thing. So that's, Sorry. like, to me, my first thing. And then, I don't know, I think meeting, like, a... Abe and Dill later on and then doing what I wanted to do because like the zero thing was super rad for them but when I got on workshop I was like alright like I feel fucking like this is where I should be didn't last that long there but you were a young buck man that was the first like big thing that we saw from you was sharing a part in Strange World with some certified legends and that song was so sick uh, but, yeah. yeah looking back now how cool is it just sharing a part like first introduction to the wider world of skateboarding you're sharing a song with jamie thomas Alyssa steamer <laughs> uh, tommy guns like pretty <laughs> fucking sick yeah no it was unreal i remember i mean recently i watched it uh it was like playing at the shop and it's just like i just i don't know stuff that just doesn't feel real and like <laughs> yeah well here's a funny one this is like how when I first when I first saw the video, I mean it's all in the past now, so I don't really, it's just like a funny story. But I did a board slide two seventy on this outledge in San Diego. 
mm-hmm. and they <laughs> I remember I'm pretty sure it's that video but I'm watching the part and mine doesn't pop up like the trick and then later on Jamie on the same spot does the same trick <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I had sent him that like a few months back and then that one was taken out and his was in what <laughs> But that I remember thinking that was like funny as shit back then. It's still probably more funny now, but and then that's so jokes. Yeah, no, that was insane. And then that whole team was so sick, though. Like Jamie killed it putting all those dudes together, and Alyssa, and it's it incredible. Now mm-hmm. that I look back, when you said board slide two seventy, I was like, I feel like I can picture it, but I couldn't picture you doing it because I just watched it yesterday. It was definitely the yeah. chief. <laughs> no, for sure the chief. But I have it because I remember wearing uh, this like zero split color shirt. And I remember not shirt looked crazy, but I remember like I can remember me doing it, and I was, was like, "All right, that wasn't me. That was fucking chief." <laughs> can you imagine the chief like getting that tape and knowing that like he'd already done that trick, and the twelve year old he just put on is as the same clip? He's like, "I'm gonna have to leave that one out." <laughs> Uh, dude, I think it was Switch. I think I might have done it first, and then he came oh! in. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, one or the other, I guess we'll never I'm know. Just, yeah, I'm just fucking around. Dude, that is one of the true arts in skateboarding, is like being able to rebuild your board brand team. And he's like done it over and over and over again, man. He's the best. Like, yeah. Truly. I mean, obviously, on a skateboard, he's the best. With those like yeah. legendary parts, but then the dudes and like the bond that everyone had, it was like everyone was so fucking down to like just get it. And like those trips in the very beginning were some of like the best times of my life. But yeah, Jamie put together what you call like an army, I feel like. Yeah. So those dudes were fucking down. And then like yeah. Tommy, like all those dudes. I don't know, it was inspiring to see it as like a young age, especially at demos. Like Chris Cole and all those dudes. And then I was there and like me, Keegan, it's like we would skate I feel like this little Trianti section and these dudes would just be fucking just I don't know, Crazy. putting on an incredible show. Yeah, Jamie wasn't shying away either, man. He was ready to show them who was the top dog at the end of those. <laughs> for sure. So fast forward a little bit, you leave zero for alien workshop. Uh what was behind that decision? Um I mean, basically, that's, like, who I ended up starting to skate with, uh, which was just, like, Abe and uh, mainly him in the very beginning. Uh, I would skate with Anthony Acosta when I was riding for Vans, and then basically I met Abe, and he, like, took me under his wing in a way, and I would just be skating with them, and obviously, like... uh, I was just in love with Workshop at the time and was, I mean, probably will be forever, but it just felt like the right thing to do. And it was like pretty insane when it like became like a reality, I guess. So I don't know, I just took the chance when I could and it just kind of worked out for the best, I feel like. Because then John was on zero right when I left. And then uh, I got on Workshop and then a few months later, Jamie and whatever we had like a kind of a whatever falling out in a way nothing like major but then John fucking split and then it was kind of like a jam up and then he got on workshop 
it was just a kind of a fiasco at that time. But I mean, I was so stoked right for workshop. Didn't really like. I don't know, mm-hmm. I even, it just made the most sense, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It was a. I mean, all that stuff seems so long ago. I mean, it wasn't really like. It's not that long ago, but it's kind of like almost a blur. Like it's just like. <laughs> just skating and then like a little bit of whatever you would call like drama or skate drama and yeah yeah i mean it's like breaking up with a girlfriend but almost like way worse in a way it's like (laughs) that shit was fucking hard to do and especially at that age like leaving i mean i was still fucking respect and love zero and then but like i was like dude i want to skate with these guys i want to be a part of this crew and it just i don't know but at least it happened pretty like naturally. Was it a little bit frustrating to leave Zero and get on Alien and be with those guys and then have them leave so quickly after? Where you just kind of like, fuck, like made the switch from Zero to be kind of with you guys and now now you're gone? Uh, yeah, at first I was like, fuck. <laughs> I got <it. laughs> like, what the fuck? Am, like, I guess that's just life though, but I mean... And the, for, like, a few months, I was like, all right, like, this is it. Like, they're going to go. I don't even, that was, like, before. I mean, obviously, like, there was talk of, like, the F.A. thing happening. But that was, like, Dill's thing with whatever his, like, crew that he had. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I mean, John and I, we were, like, just so, in, like, into skating at that time. We would just try to focus on just that shit. And hope for the best, and we got because we had Benny with us, and Benny was still at workshop, so we we didn't feel like just like we weren't that lost. But then right. we started getting over it, obviously, and mm-hmm. Dill brought up the hockey thing, and of course I was just like no brainer, just because I don't know I have so much respect for Dill, Abe, and especially Benny too. So it was like whatever they were gonna like plan and do, and then John and I were just on board. But we were just mainly focusing on just skating and shit, so that worked out. But John came out that life splicing part, which was fucking super yeah, epic. That was incredible. But I mean, I'm glad that kind of came out for at least like a workshop thing, so we could look back and be like, he killed it with that. But other than that, it was like. There was, like, no abandoned feeling, but it was, like, getting to that point. <laughs> Sometimes I was like, fuck, man, like, what are we going to do? But it worked out for sure. Yeah, uh, dude. I was trying to find evidence of you on Alien because I even forgot, to be honest. I was like, wait, hockey wasn't right after Zero, right? Yeah. Like, I couldn't remember what was in the middle. And, and then, yeah, came back to me, Alien, and then, wait, there's no footage. It was, like, a weird, weird transition phase, but everything worked out for the best how did the uh well you kind of mentioned it like dill but what's the story of you then switching to hockey we were just at dill's apartment kind of just going over whatever he was doing and then you kind of just shot the idea out obviously my more towards like a joke kind of thing with like the name just like not like anything serious and then we were just down and that like because we were like going on trip or I was going on trips with them and we filmed like that cinematographer thing for Alien but and I was like still really young I felt like in that and then with the hockey thing it just I don't even know how like 
I'm just so fucking like thankful it did happen, but it started out more of like a joke for just John and I, just like he was just gonna create something just so John and I could write for it, and then <laughs> that's what now this is what it's turned out to be. But it started off in his apartment just as an idea, but it hadn't. I still like am confused about all of it. Like it's <laughs> to be honest. It's, it's still pretty funny to me, and then now it's like taking on its whole other like world with Benny and like what he's created. But it's just yeah, just one day hanging out, shot the idea. We were down, and then I don't even know like what the workshop thing. It was like pretty much a given. I think everyone was leaving at that time, so it wasn't like mm-hmm. that hard yeah. to like. It was like pretty easy to just. I don't even feel like I quit. It was just like kind of a unspoken thing like we're just gonna go with them yeah did you want to ride for fa like was there any talks of that i was writing fa boards but it was like right after workshop there was like i didn't even ask there was no talk for that it was just straight to hockey so one of the like true hard things to do when creating a company is obviously the name and like hockey was a little bit shocking to to totally. like have as a name come out as like a sister brand to FA from Dill and Ave. What were your first thoughts on the name hockey? Like we're all used to it now and I feel like it's it's cool. We everyone likes it, but like at first it must have been like what is, why hockey, you know? Yeah, but the the why was there's like there's no reason. It means nothing. <laughs> like and I liked that. And I was like I was stoked on that part. At first I didn't even know what to fucking think. I was so like I mean, I wasn't as crazy then. I was, like, still, like, focused on just skating and shit. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I didn't know what was really going to happen, to be honest. Yeah. I was just like, okay, this is the idea. I like that. It's, like, doesn't really, like, have any meaning. There's really nothing to it. And I was yeah. like, okay, this is going to be fucking interesting. And the fact that <laughs> it was just John and I, I was like, all right, like, this is fucking, I'm stoked on it. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, I trust Still Abe and Benny with everything, so I was like, all right, I'm fucking I'm down for it. No matter what, I'd be down for anything they do, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Props to you and John, because it's, uh, it's kind of crazy for, like, two young guys at the time to shoulder the load of a new brand and, like, for it to still be popping off hard in 2022. Uh, hats off to you two, man. Thanks. Yeah, I still, I still tripping on it. Like, I don't even know. I'm just kind of going with the flow with it for right now, especially... <laughs> Hell yeah, keep it going. Thank you. In May 2019, at the age of 28, professional skateboarder Ben Ramers took his own life. His passion for life and skateboarding has always been contagious. The Ben Ramers Foundation aims to end the stigma and burden that so often clouds issues of mental health by bringing awareness to these issues and suicide to the forefront within the wider skateboarding community. The Ben Ramers Foundation and CHPO Brand have together designed a watch which is available at chpobrand.com. 100% of the profits are donated to the Ben Ramers Foundation. CHPO Brand, doing it for the people. Can you bless us and the people with an Ave story? And then uh, a bonus request, something we've been trying to do for a long time, man. You got to help us get Ave on the pod one day. I'll definitely <laughs> ask him to get on for sure. <laughs> Ave story. Um, 
Fuck, I don't know. It's just like, I, I think traveling with him, it's like a, a whole other thing. Like he is an intense man. Like he is fucking the real deal. Like he doesn't ever, there's no like character breaking. He's just like straight to it. Uh, I don't know. All my stories, like in all my time spent with him was like just really like militant. I feel like and like just straight to the point, like just going skating. It's just, he's legit. He's fully legit. <laughs> <laughs> but for stories, it was like just his approach to skating. It would shock a lot of people in the van that sometimes would have to fucking split because it was a uh, the vibe was too intense. But me and John and like Benny, we would always stick it out. But like, there's okay, we can go with the front wall ride one. He was doing this bump to bar, uh, front wall ride, and it's fucking gnarly. But the like energy and power he has was like I don't know how to explain it. Like he could. He's just badass, but uh, <laughs> he was just going for hours, just fucking full like frontside attack and just slamming onto the floor for hours, and then oh, you can Im- only imagine like that kind of abuse to your body, and then like having to go back and do it over and over again. The insanity that comes in, but he got a uh, he got pretty intense and whatever like not hatching but he was like it, it was it was getting crazy but we ended up going back to the same spot and it was just one of those day or kind of tricks that was just going on and on but he ended up powering through it but we lost a few soldiers on the way to the making <laughs> of the actual thing like people were just like just a little nervous and scared fucking <laughs> but he ended up powering through and to do it and shit and it was epic it was a true, like, true battle, and he fucking, I don't know, he's just, like, a, he's just the sickest, but, like, all the like, true stories are just about skating and just, uh, yeah, just powering through it, like, there's, he's tough as shit, like, but, uh, it's hard to see sometimes of how much goes into his battles, like, but he, yeah. <laughs> it's just fucking sick, like, for the story time that I, I would have, I would want him to come on here and fucking share his side of it, but uh, for sure, he's just like the battle king. He fucking locks in for hours and just like whittles. Well, not he doesn't even whittle. He just charges. Like he just goes for it, <laughs> and then it's just yeah. <laughs> even if he's just the last man standing, he's still going. It's fucking sick. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can tell just watching his skating like his parts that like he's a worker for sure yeah i don't know he's been a big part of my life and he's helped john and i tremendously and like a lot of like help with growing up and like all these other things but like to actually see him and like how he carries himself every day and what he does i feel like it's the most inspiring shit but being in the band with him is no joke and shit is sick if it must be like hard to give up on a battle when you have him there with you when you're like trying something for a couple hours and you're like ah fuck it like i don't even care and then you look over and he's there watching you you're like probably gonna keep on trying it actually until i land it you know (laughs) yeah for sure you're going right back the first thing you fucking first chance you have but no that shit's inspiring especially during like the hockey promo 
he was there almost on every session and like when he like whatever get a little whistle or a little clap from him we're like all right yeah fucking you're <laughs> yeah. for sure because he's like i swear to god in that because there's no song in that fucking promo video like you could every like howl and like like fucking just whistles him usually which is so funny when i think about it that's sick yeah, but he uh, he helps you push through it too. Just his presence is fucking sick. No doubt. So we hear uh, some of the hockey FA trips can get pretty buck. You guys have a giant squad these days. Can you tell us kind of about the vibe of uh, of the squad and just some road tales? The very beginning was like super small, for like because it was just like John, Ave, like fucking like Turp, Andrew. Uh, Benny and Jared. I feel okay, so like, this is the way I see it. The more you suffered on the trip, when you got home, the better the trip it felt like it was. So like, <laughs> we would just like, I feel like, go, I mean, to wherever. Like, we went to Detroit, like, midsummer, and just, it would just be fucking, it would be intense, for sure. And like, uh, I don't know. Like, just, that's, like, one thing I feel like we could all kind of agree on is, like, the suffering part of the trip. Like, that's, like, <laughs> what I think we like the most. Like, <laughs> uh, like, whatever, if we're not talking to each other and we're just, like, going spot to spot and, like, it's fucking hot as shit and people are just trying whatever they fucking can at the time. Uh, that's, like, what I know hockey as is, like, just going out and I mean I don't even know if we would hope for the best because sometimes you just just doesn't work but like <laughs> hockey just reminds me of like Abe, John and just like sitting in the van fucking kind of aggro for whatever fucking reasons we have but and just like getting it and suffering and <laughs> which just sounds so stupid to be honest but it's like that's really what it is like the yeah. just constant like battle to battle, waking up early trying to do it, and like that's how it first started off. And then uh, kind of changed throughout a couple of years with like wiling out and fucking whatever kind of shit we were doing because <laughs> it like <laughs> whatever that's just like the reality of it. But that's what I remember it as, and like that's how it's becoming. I feel like again after like whatever the covid and all this shit now like getting back in the van i was like we just were in texas and it was like that real vibe of uh all right we're doing this shit again like it's time to fucking put on the boots and suffer and just fucking (laughs) (laughs) so like that's like what it is and then but we went to like new york with the full squad and uh i don't know i love all those guys and it's like so fucking rad to be a part of but uh I don't know, it's like, it gets fucking crazy. Like, with whatever, not even, like, a party and thing. It's just, like, that whole fucking crew of people is, like, there's some fucking incredible talent and then some incredible personalities, and it's just, like, I don't know. There's, like, a direct, like, a common respect we all have, we all have for each other, I feel like, but uh, it's just fucking, it's just sick. I don't know. Who's the biggest personality on those trips when you have everyone? Like the whole FA, the whole hockey team? Who's the biggest personality on the trip? When Dill was in the van, I would for sure say Dill, because Dill's like <laughs> the man. He's like, it's fucking his, it's his thing. But like, we went to Portland and it was fucking 
insane. We had dill, Gino. If it was just an, in, I mean, I was tripping on like just being there, but that was like a crazy trip. But it's like we had like Gino. We're driving down the street, and he just like you know, just it, it was just too much. So he was just like drop me off at fucking thirty sixth and Burnside, and like get out of here. <laughs> and like just like that kind of shit was so sick to me. And then, but Dill, for sure, especially too with like whatever him playing like the stones or like getting this like trip started or just like him sitting in shotgun and like turning around like, you just i don't know you just were fucking stoked to be there but for sure him and then i don't know my favorite personality is kb like he's fucking Oof. he's the sickest i mean for sure the sickest on a skateboard like to me he's yeah. the fucking best on a skateboard but as of like a human being dude he's so sick hell yeah that's another one you got to help us get on uh, for sure, I fucking <laughs> I'll put in my word with him for sure. He's fucking sick. One guy you mentioned there real quick was uh, Turpening man, someone who is kind of just like out of the skate spotlight these days. Like, what happened there? Um, he just got over it. He's just done. He's just like over it. I think like, dude, he's so fucking sick, and I like he did it like fucking. He to me, he killed it on the board. And then I think it just comes to that time where it's just, like, fucking over it. Because, I mean, he could have for sure kept it going if he wanted to, I feel like. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, he's into, like, what he's doing with, like, his concrete work and, like, all those, like, things he's into. And it's, I don't know. I mean, he's did it for so long, too. But I I think he's fucking one of the sickest skateboarders ever. But the only thing I can really make of it is that he was just fucking over it and wanted to go on to the next thing. He was like, Gino, he's like, drop me off here, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but then now Gino's killing it more than ever now, I feel like. He's fucking... Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that whole fucking... That real vibe of fucking... Knowing what you really want, taking it. <laughs> Switching gears a little bit. You mentioned it before, um, but can you tell us the story behind how Pawn Shop came to be? The shop started basically with my father john myself and this dude jake basically we or my dad worked at the outhouse which is a skate shop in like late 80s early 90s and it's in the location we're at now which is outhouse surf and co or surf and skate sorry and then uh he fell into like whatever you fall into and during those kind of ages whatever Basically lost the shop to drinking and fucking doing his thing. And utility became the location we're at now, which is fucking, uh, which was, we ended up getting involved with him for a little bit. But then my dad was just like, all right, it's like, it's time. And he wanted, and then that's been like his thing for, since I, in his whole entire life was like the skate shop thing and like the community of it and just everything and so he built this like team basically with like john and myself and a few others and he was just like all right it's fucking time we're gonna start the shop and with the name he went through like a few different names and then with the story of like how he got my first board and and just like kind of all fell into place with uh calling it the pawn shop skateco it's all him like he I'm so proud of him for 
by creating because it's like a lot of fucking human beings that need that place there's a mm-hmm. lot of human beings that need that place and so but we're at the same we started first off in on San Bernardino Road in Covina, California it was a Sutton Plumbing this fucking plumbing shop with like a little sliver of a store space that we obtained and it had a little sliver of an outdoor space which we put a mini ramp so like sick the very beginning was super fucking gnarly. Like, we're for a while in Covina, it's like a super small town. And we're on this, like, street where uh, it's like mechanics, tweakers, and, you know what I mean? Like, that kind of scene. And mm-hmm. uh, we just grew it, and we just stayed true, or he stayed true, and we all followed in his footsteps to just, like, do the thing. But it was Jake running. He uh, he sat in the shop for fucking like five years and make like a dollar every once in a while. Like it was really hard to keep the doors open, but we just kept working and doing it and doing it. And uh, now it's like I don't even know how to explain like how just the shop and what it's become. But we ended up moving. After a while, we kind of started picking up a little bit of pace, and then. We moved into the location that my dad lost when he was younger. But, uh, wow. And now uh, the pawn shop skate goes back in like downtown Covina. My dad used to live in the basement like during like those different times. So now it's like mm-hmm. pretty incredible. Because like, he still works for the water department of city of San Gabriel. So he has like a real daytime job. And then the shop mm-hmm. was like to keep his sanity. Like to have yeah. like an outlet, <laughs> but now, uh, yeah, it's just fucking insane. Like, even it's a reality that we're back. I guess because I was like two years old in that location, and they would like push chairs together, and like I would like I guess sleep there when I was a baby. And, like, wow. so now, like when I walk through the door, I still kind of get like those moments of like, fuck, like, dude, this is fucking crazy. Serious history in that building. Incredible. That's really like it with the shop. And now it's like we have a fucking team. We have an inventory. We have like. <laughs> I don't it's an know. operation now. Yeah, it's like real. And I'm like, I don't know. It's fucking. It's sick. And I'm stoked, stoked on it. But it was a lot of fucking hard work and a lot of. Uh, I mean, not experimenting because we, we knew what we wanted to do, but like now, mm-hmm. like uh, to like be able to serve skateboarding, like whatever. It's just not seeing like these kids grow up and through the shop in a way. Like they would. Be, mm-hmm. I mean, I met some of my best friends through the shop, like, and then now like I see it happening to other people and other kids. Like it's just fucking sick because I feel like that's what the shop's really more about. And like, it's pretty cool. Like even for like Joe Campos, like I've literally known him since he was a big baby and he's been around the shop forever. And now he was in the van with us in Texas on a hockey trip. And I'm like, dude, look, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, everybody knows, man, what a local skate shop can mean to a skater and kids in the community for sure. So it's a hell of a thing you guys are doing, man. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. 
Um, tell us about the time that sealed yours and John Fitzgerald's friendship when you were about 10 and he was 13 or so. It was uh, a night mission skating a rail. <laughs> That's when skating started to get like more real with like filming. Uh, if it's the one I'm thinking about, we were at Citrus College and uh, <laughs> sometimes you just don't want to fucking skate, but there's other people there that fucking are trying to spark it up. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't want to skate no nine stair rail at fucking at that time, and I don't think he did either. And that place is like super hot for security, so we started like banging on shit to try to get some attention, not from anybody that we knew, but try to get some attention from the fucking security guards. And it was like the funniest shit ever. It was like this common like bond over just like, okay, I know we need to do this. this is like what we're supposed to be doing, whatever. But we're like, fuck it, like let's get the fuck out of here without having to like, you know what I mean? Show that cheer. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's basically like the easiest way to bitch out of the spot was trying to get kicked out. <laughs> that's a new one man yeah john texted me that story i was dying he said you guys looked at each other like do you want to skate this nah do you nah and then you guys just started banging on the rail yeah <laughs> <laughs> you have to do what you gotta do sometimes yeah and he, said, he said the homie that was like trying to film was like trying to get the spot ready for like half an hour and shit yeah that's what it became skateboarding became that it was like lighting shit up like all that like intense i mean it's pretty obviously common but it's like at that time i was like fuck this (laughs) but i didn't want to say it because i was like still stoked to be doing it but i was like yeah there's only so much i don't know (laughs) it's fucking funny (laughs) can you tell us about the time you were filming a line with your dad and he had one shoe on for some reason and the lakai team pulled up around the fully flared era oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) We were like trying to make a little video part, but with him and I, we were in butt heads, but it was like definitely intense. But he was like so fucking down, and I could only be so down when I was like trying the shit. And but he was like not giving up, and I was like way over it already. <laughs> but he had like a gnarly ass blister on his foot, so he wanted to power through it, and he's like not giving up. And I'm like, dude, like it's all good, kind of thing. And he ends up just taking off his shoes, like, nah, fuck it, we got it. So he's, like, whatever, like, he, he actually was legit with filming and legit with everything. But he was barefoot, and he was, like, super fucking gnarly with it. And I'm, like, going, <laughs> I'm going for the fucking thing, and then I see, like, fucking Mark Johnson hop the fence. And I'm, like, dude, what the fuck? It's just my pops and I just trying to, like, fucking charge at this like ledge spot for one i shouldn't i can't even skate ledges really back then i was like they i don't even know like the looks on their faces i it was just fucking in, insanely funny but my dad after that was like i right, we probably shouldn't be doing this shit anymore like you should probably figure something else out but like the whole fucking crew came in and my dad's fucking shoeless and he's we always just look crazy but uh <laughs> dude it's not it's just the dedication he's wasn't giving up and then when you get caught doing some fucking shit you're like all right maybe we should tighten it up but (laughs) yeah that's sick man um what about the legend cornbread oh fuck that's my homie he uh he's just a fucking legend from my hometown 
I don't know. I've never seen anyone skate like him, and I feel like I've seen like a fucking a lot of shit throughout my years now. And it's like he <laughs> fucking goes so fucking fast, and he tries to back when he knows right in the whole fucking ledge, and then he throws a fucking like a grab on the fucking ledge, which is technically an in the air because he's going backside, and he holds the whole fucking thing, and his like arm is about to break because it's fucking it's just so gnarly, and he like whip it out and like. But he skated like this consistently since like nine the nineties and it's like he's just fucking my inspiration. And he's but he's crazy as shit, which is even more inspiring to me because he still goes out and gets it. It's like the only thing he fucking cares about is some fucking crazy shit and then skateboarding. All I care it's like <laughs> But the attack, like that's like how I because it's like the skateboard or skate park West Covina in West Covina, it's like everyone was like whatever with these substances but they were skating mm-hmm. fucking fast and i don't know if it had what it was causing the, them going so fast but they were fucking charging it i remember like dude that's like how everyone should fucking skate but just like going as fast as you fucking can and like no matter what like like the the dedication of like trying to stick it and then dude the slams when you go that fast are fucking nuts <laughs> but oh yeah yeah now he's just a fucking He's just a rad dude, and uh, yeah, his reputation's pretty wild. I'm intrigued now. You gotta send us a clip of uh, one of these back 180 nose grind indies Mach 10. <laughs> no, for sure I will. It's fucking epic. <laughs> and he did it when he was younger, Manoli back heel, indie grab down the Belmont Nine, and I guess he was up <laughs> what? for like yeah, but he was up for like fucking like six days, and, <laughs> and then he was like. When he ended up seeing whatever, we watched it again recently. He's like, dude, I swore it was like raining that day, and it's like a bright, sunny day. (laughs) That kind of shit. But I don't know. He's fucking sick. Damn, cornbread. (laughs) We're going to go back in time a little bit. Can you take us behind the scenes on your uh, Hesh ass double kink 50 50 in the zero part? What was that session like? That one was. The Griffith Park one, I remember my my pops and I were, like, cruising around. And then, I don't know who showed us that rail, but it's, like, extremely low. And I was like, fuck, man, I bet you I could fucking get onto this thing. I mean, at that time, I was, like, super into skating rails and whatever. But I remember Acosta was there, and he was, like, from the very beginning, he used to work at the shop utility, so I've known him since the very beginning of when he started shooting photos. Like he tech not te- I mean basically practice on me like I Smith grinded this like six stair rail when I was really young when I was like I was like one of the very first like skate photos he shot and then Sick. years later he was like we would go skate and he ended up shooting that photo but I remember I was like stressing on it trying to grind the rail and uh, I remember it still to this day but it was like he's like man you fucking you gotta breathe and like. <laughs> So I still, like, to this day, like, if I'm, like, going through it or, like, I always think about it. But, like, I started, like, okay, like, but I was so young that I didn't think much of it. So I started, like, breathing in and breathing out. And, like, I was getting shit whipped on it. But his little, his advice helped me fucking do that. But in the landing, too, my knee gives out. And, like, it goes, like, and I remember, like, just so fucking thankful I rolled away from it. But I feel like that's what you had to do back then. And, and when I was like, a, I feel like that was like one of the main things. Like, I, oh, I gotta fucking grind a fucking king trail for this thing. 
But now, like, I would never in my life probably fucking want to get down that thing. Oh. Uh, what about your backsmith pop-out in Trustfall? Uh, UC Davis? Yeah, the one over the gap? Yeah, no, that was fucking a jam-up. First time I tried it, I went with Ave and John, but I was, like, still kind of, like, wiling out, kind of crazy. But I slammed, and I kicked the back of my heel over the ledge, and I did, like, a fucking, just went free full. So I was, oh. like, just broke off. And the next time I fucking, I was, like, we started filming for the Trustfall video, or, like, try to. And uh, we went up, and I forgot my fucking board. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to set up a fucking brand-new board. And... Obviously, when you like whatever Smith grinding, I wanted my keen pin to be like grinded down. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't fucking do it, so I just drove all the way up there. Forgot my board, couldn't do it. So, third time, went back up, and it just it worked, and it happened, and I was like so stoked because I thought, and it was like it wasn't easy by any means, but. I had to go super slow, and like the slower I went, the easier it went. And like I thought that mm. was like the opposite, but right, yeah, yeah. No, that one, I was stoked on that one for sure, just because of how shit whipped I got, and like whatever with like Cariel skating the spot years ago, and I've like always wanted to skate it, but didn't know what the fuck to do. That one was like I think a little bit more luck. After all the bullshit. I think did you just mention you were like still partying around that time? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sober now? Yeah. What was kind of made you want to give sobriety a shot? Well, everyone I know is that like a close family member and friend in my like little circle is sober now. And everyone's like, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, it was just my time. I mean, I, I don't, I had a lot of fucking fun for sure, but mm-hmm. I could, it just started becoming fucking just living hell at a point yeah just with like whatever substances i was choosing to do and like the shit that it just got really real and uh yeah no it's just my time and it's like i'm super thankful i mean every day is kind of gnarly but yeah i don't know it's just it's definitely too i feel like I do it out of respect for the people that understand and, like, get it. Like, because, like, I don't know, I would probably... I mean, in my eyes, the way I see it is, like, I was having fun. But mm-hmm. I think when uh, the others were witnessing it, it wasn't looking like too much fun. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's dope, man. That when your time comes, got to do what you got to do, man. It's dope that you did. That's all it really is, but uh, it ain't easy. I mean, and it's not like like I don't really stress on the fact of like that it's was a problem or like. But I don't know. I'm just stoked to not like have to like fucking live the way I was living anymore. For sure. Just because it fucking when I look back, it 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 got fucking kind of dark at times with uh just the amount of substances that i was doing mm-hmm. so like now i'm like dude this is sick like i'm fucking free from it right now it's like blessing fuck yeah hell man. yeah props to you 
That's great to hear, man. So, what's next for you, man? What's coming up in uh, in your skate career in life? Mm, fuck, right now, I'm just trying to enjoy it. Like, I don't know, just enjoy it and not try to, like, I mean, there's, like, a, a few goals I have right now, but uh, not try to fucking lose touch with, like, what my what's really going on with, like, that I get to fucking wake up, go to a skate shop, and be a, a, a professional skateboarder. Like, it's fucking bizarre. <laughs> I just want to try to enjoy it while it does last, like, because, I mean, fuck, who knows, but... Soak it in, man. Yeah, that's, like, the main thing. Just enjoy it. Go fucking skate with my friends and just stay on a, a good track and fucking just, yeah. That's basically it. And then we're working on, like, little videos and that kind of shit, but who knows. But there's, like, a a hockey video that's coming out that we're introducing Joe with and uh, our shop, Pawn Shop Skate Goes, getting a collab with Nike and we're doing a dunk so we're gonna be working Sick. On, working on a video for that and then other than that I've been working on the shop and then that's really it well yeah man congrats that's what's up yo 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 it's rapid fire with the ghost and this week it's an honor and a privilege to be brought to you by Spitfire Wheels Ashad's newest Spitfire wheel is sliding into shops right now. Available in 53 and 55 Formula 4 urethane. You already know they're fast and last forever. Go cop them at Delhi in San Antonio, Escapist in Kansas City, Labor in New York, Slam in London, Stormy in Tokyo, Civilist in Berlin, and the homies at Nine Times. Oh, and if your favorite shop doesn't have them, <laughs> tell them to call Spitfire. You diggy? All right, Donovan, you've been waiting your whole life for this. It's rapid fire, baby. And no, sorry, I was just teasing you, Dono. I'm talking to our guest, Donovan. <clears throat> that was finally my time. <laughs> favorite skater? John Fitzgerald. Favorite video? Uh, minefield. Favorite video part? I'll go cardio side unseen. Favorite style? Uh, Dylan. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? My dad. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Ishad. Favorite trick? Backsmith. Hardest trick for you? They're all hard. <laughs> Real shit. Most illegal trick? Casper slides. Just because I can't do them, I've been trying to do them. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Maybe that grind at Griffith Park. Zero video. Young Hesh days. Yeah, the Hessian days. Worst trend you've ever been a part of? All of them. <laughs> any trend? <laughs> yeah, any trend, anything. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Probably John uh, slamming at the Ohio Poplar Rail. Because oh. that night he was pissing blood. Oh, <sighs> damn. Yeah, it was a gnarly ass battle, but it wasn't landed, but it was fucking definitely tried. Gnarly. I thought you were going to say the Chiefs board slide 270 because the disrespect no. was just so gnarly. <laughs> I, I, my, <laughs> fuck. 
What's the one trick that got away? Uh, okay, so there's this uh, spot, Gardner Elementary School. I've been trying to fucking grind to grind uh, a fence rail for like fucking like 10 years now. I still haven't done it. Damn. I've tried five different spots, but the Gardner one, this grind to grind, I just, 10 years later, I'm still like thinking about it. Okay, still well, can't do it. <laughs> good luck. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll see that in the hockey video coming. <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? Uh, cornbread every day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he throws out the craziest shit. Sometimes you'll get close, but most of the time it's like, uh, just, yeah, cornbread every day. Dude, Hell yeah. I love that. <laughs> What's the last <laughs> new trick you learned? Relearn switch flips. Sick. Nice. Dream job after skating. Skate shop owner. Sick living it favorite local brand fuck the shop i don't really know our shop brand hell yeah favorite local skater uh, cornbread what's the one sponsor you regret riding for i don't really regret any of them pretty actually been pretty stoked on all of them maybe uh maybe vans oh. <laughs> i'm just kidding because i'm just kidding <laughs> Oh hell no! <laughs> no. Yeah, dude, we have to. We were the first time we ever cut one out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I had a crazy time with them. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Favorite teammate ever? Uh, John Cheryl. Hell yeah! Worst teammate ever? Fuck, Jonathan Cheryl. <laughs> Worst company? Uh, hockey. Worst trend. Maybe drugs. Good one. Real shit. Hell yeah. Worst style. Myself. Or watching myself. Fucking drives me nuts. Last person you want on the sesh? Mm, Roger. Roger Lorenzo, my homie. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy, man. Uh, fuck. Uh, all right, Donovan. That's going to wrap up our interview. Can't thank you enough for coming on the show, man. For sure. Thank you, guys. Hopefully you beat the traffic and you still get some good surfing in today. And uh, we'll be rooting for your LA Rams. No, for, we won't. I will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for sure. Thank you, guys. Welcome back to the post office, brought to you by our good friends over at Dickey Skateboarding. Quality workwear since 1922. From the work site to the streets, ain't nobody keeping you fresh like Dickey's. <laughs> and me and Ghost know that firsthand. All right, man, who we got up first? You've got mail. First up, we got an email from Ralph. Hey, Donovan and Safa, listen to Mike Moe's episodes. Listen to Mike Moe's episode whilst chopping up a pumpkin and heard Dan's query of whether or not he can call himself a skater. No lies, I don't physically skate anymore. I have my reasons and excuses, and I'm not claiming a short roll around every six to nine months counts. Ha, but I still identify as a skater. I put in some work, taken a few slams, dropped in or done an ollie or something, then you're a skater for life. 
because you know what's up when you step on a board. Now, if you're skating less and less, so be it. There's so much stuff to do in the world. There's more to life than skating, so get at it. I still watch skate videos, wear skate shoes, post up on skate forums, and a load of other skate-related stuff because even if I don't ride around anymore, I still love it, respect it, and support it. You should too. Okay, I can imagine Seifa is losing it right now with that character count, so I'll get my question. <laughs> I'll get my question off. Define a line. For me, it's three tricks minimum, no repeat tricks, and ollies, 180s, up curbs don't count. Uh, I probably agree with Ralph in the fact that ollies are 180s, up curbs, and then one other trick might not count as a line. But yeah, three tricks, maybe two different obstacles, I say would be a line. I think that's what would, would do it for me is two different obstacles, not just like you hit something and then something on flat or something on flat and then a trick, I guess like something on flat then a trick down a set is a line. Fuck, I don't know. It's tough, man. I don't think there needs to be an exact definition is where I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I mean, I get the, uh, like, a 180 up a curb and then, like, switch flip a set or something. That's not really much of a line. But it depends. Like, if you do something where your style's on display for long enough for it to be, like, something memorable about it, like, you back 180 up a curb and then, like, you've got a bit of, bit of a hill bomb or something and then you hit some random obstacle. Is it screen time? Like, amount of tricks? I don't know. Who the fuck knows? But... We all know a line when we see one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. And Ralph, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to you as we're getting older. That, uh, you know, being a skateboarder doesn't have to be defined by how much time you put in on a board either, man. So, shouts to you and uh, thank you for the email. All right, next up, we've got an email and a voice note from your boy, Leo Ranks barn burner season boys hope the off season is short well we failed you there um shamelessly hitting up palace via the post office also shamelessly asking y'all if you know anyone over there i could get this footy to your boy is getting old and i'd rather ride for the brand i want to ride for or no one at all i just don't know how to get in touch with them <laughs> here's some footy so you know i'm just not stunting um yeah, we'll see about getting that over to Palace. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a quick look see at your footy, and then uh, we'll we'll take it from there, Leo. But for now, let's take a listen to this voice note. Yo, it's your boy, Leo Ranks. Just wanted to check in before the end of the season, since homeboy fucking wrote in last season about my head injury. Let y'all know how I'm doing, which is fucking great. Uh, got really lucky no uh negative side effects at least as far as i can tell now i'm skating again shit's great but uh the uh the jt alts episode really uh is what prompted me to let y'all know what was good because when he said he was like in the hospital and like jim thebow and everyone was there that was like pretty reminiscent of what happened to me i had a random fucking friday off of work I went skating with the homie. Next thing I know, it's two weeks later, I'm in the hospital. My uh, my whole family's there, my pops is there. Like, he doesn't even live in the country. 
like doesn't live in America, it's hard as fuck to fly into the country during COVID and all that shit. I was kind of tripping, but uh, yeah, honestly, uh, no question here. I just wanted to let you all know that I'm doing good. The season was a barn burner. Keep up the great content. And uh, it's, it's just been like a real nice reminder to not take anything for granted. Live every day to the fullest and just enjoy your fucking life and do what makes you happy. So uh, on that note, if anyone at Palace Skateboards is listening, fucking what's up with some boards? I got some footy. Let's go. Oh, Leo ranks. Absolute legend. Uh, Bunt family. You know what I'm saying? Bunt extended family. So happy to hear you're doing better. And uh, damn, man. That's scary as fuck. But like I said, just stoked your fucking back 100 and hyped to check this footage still. All right. Next up, we got an email from Landon Fergus. What up, Bunters? Tuning in from Idaho, which is basically American Canada. Recently became a fan of the pod. Bum that the season is almost over. Gonna be jamming the back. Co- <clears throat> gonna be jamming the back catalog soon. I've got a question for y'all. What's a trick that you once considered illegal, but have had a change of heart? Burial flips are one for me. Used to think they were whack. Now I feel like they are low key underrated. Them shits ain't easy anywhere but flat. You guys got a trick like that? Love what y'all do. Keep killing it. Landon. I feel like I've gone the other way. The older I get, I feel like I write off more tricks as illegal and my bag shrinks. And off the top of my head, I can't think of any tricks that like I used to think are whack that I do now. Although one trick that I personally still think is whack, but I see a lot more is those damn switch no slide 270s the other way. And like no slide 270s the other way, you know, not the Reynolds Costin way. But that wasn't the question. One for me, which is, I don't even know if it's illegal. It's definitely not illegal, but the current Sodi once referred to it as distasteful. And uh, I'm going to have to say you're dead wrong with that. Back 5 back 180 is back. And uh, feeling that one once again, man. Yeah, tell, tell Darrell Stan doing it on Clipper that it's distasteful. Or tell Arto Sari down in Miami that it's distasteful. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah, tell him. It's just got to be the right place, right time. You know what I'm saying? I get it because like sometimes half the time you just fall out back 180 when you're just doing a long back 5-0. But there's a time and a place for them shits for sure. Mm-hmm. And the time is the skate loft and right now by the one and only Morgan Smith. <laughs> All right, next up, we've got an email from Jay Mambo Franzmeyer. Sup, y'all? Hopefully, this makes it in before y'all record the final post office this season. I'll keep it short. What are your guys' thoughts on both the TK and Henry Rugg situation? I think both are incredibly sad all around. Thank you for the barn burner season. Peace. I mean, Jay, you nailed it. It's easy man they're just both incredibly sad all around henry ruggs was on the verge of potentially like a bit of a breakout season down there in vegas um things were looking up for him and that is just uh obviously sad sad thing and tk is even sadder man he was uh we loved him as kids 
obviously played a huge part in some big videos of our childhood and uh if you haven't said that's why the fuck i got this referring to yourself holding a check man we didn't grow up in the same in the same era yeah man echo everything donald says just tragic all around man all right next up we got a voice note from alistair graves let's take a listen hey what's up Saifa and dono this is alistair from dallas texas and i have a couple questions for you first question have you ever followed one of your favorite pro skateboarders on instagram or social media or even got to know them personally and found out they were kind of kooky or cringy if so who and did it change your outlook on their skateboarding or whether you were a fan or not or ruin your experience prior to knowing that they were a fucking kook eh? second question have you ever ran into anybody in the skate scene who uh, wasn't really knowledgeable about skate history or not really embedded in the culture so they have no point of reference for their style or their tricks if so do you think it affects how people um skate and negative or positively anyways that's it thanks from dallas texas this is alistair shots up the man them a eh? what's up safe you talking shit a eh? what's up yeah alistair bruv coming in hot for your boy at the end there the fuck did i ever do to you bruv shit uh the skate the pro thing for sure of course especially in this day and age like people be kooking themselves online all the time uh it's not even like a rare or surprising thing anymore like when we were kids it was more like everyone's life was a mystery you only saw them through the mags or through a video you know the most you would get would be like if there was some like 411 like day in the life or a long interview in a mag so it was so much easier to not kook yourself nowadays just take your pick man there's there's kooks all over instagram um so yeah i mean not trying to throw out any names but I'm pretty sure everyone can think of a few just off the top. And then the skate history question, that was too deep for me, man. I, I'm not really think I'm not really thinking that hard about like if someone is paying attention to skate history and how it affects their style. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, I unfollowed B-Boy. Sometimes I go back and check what he's been up to. All right. <laughs> Honestly, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the video of the... It was a compilation of him moving from L.A. to Miami. It was about one minute full of just people's stories. And uh, it was good to check back in and and be greeted with that clip, you know? Oh, I watched a five-minute one that was on Slap. That was incredible. Like, the last, like, three minutes is just him, like, hollering at different animals and shit. <laughs> in miami uh yeah shout out shout out people <laughs> yeah all right next up we've got an email from will r bunt gang i know both you guys usually stay off the gram but i'm pretty sure you've seen those niche accounts dedicated to documenting specific minute details in skate clips 
I'm talking accounts that only post clips of people skating in specific shoes like dunks, skating specific types of spots like tree stumps, skating in glasses, those sort of things. Small details and skate clips that stand out in video parts. My question is, what are your favorite tiny details you like to see and geek out over in skate parts? A personal favorite of mine are clips of skating in all black shoes with white laces. So shouts out to at black to the floor white laces for anyone else that's also into that niche subsect of skating. Congrats on another great season and welcome back. Um, my favorite accounts are accounts that post old skating, man. I've been talking to Safe about this a little bit. Like, it's actually impossible to keep up with all the skating coming out right now, as well as keep up with the NHL, the NBA, the NFL. It's literally too much content to take in. So, I enjoy things like memory screen and just accounts that post older skating clips from videos from when i was growing up that uh maybe i forgot about that you know remind me of those times in skating i love that answer uh even though you didn't answer his question you answered your own question but uh we'll take it uh my favorite tiny detail that i can think of right now is just i like how people either like come off curbs when they do a little fancy little steezy come off the curb like van wastel in uh in 4163 i forget what the line is but he's doing a line in sf and he just like taps his tail while he comes off the curb so steezy and sometimes when people come out of manuals like um one that i've tried to emulate forever pretty much since i saw it was mark johnson in the hot chocolate tour uh he does a varial heel manny on a curb like a down curb thing and then the way he just like readjusts his feet to land on the bolts when he comes off the curb mm. i always love that <clears throat> light-footed things thanks for the email player all right next up we've got a voice note from dev c let's take a listen what up this is devin calling from somewhere on the road in florida heading down to tampa to get some skating in i got a few days off been breezing through some of the older episodes and I uh, really took note of the progress you guys have had over the years. Um, not that I don't enjoy those older episodes, but it's been nice to see you guys water those seeds and grow into something really spectacular. Um, to quote Dono, this is art at its finest. So uh, thanks to all three of you guys for the commitment and uh, the weekly barn burners. Got a couple questions. Uh, first, uh, we'd all probably like to hear some of you guys' earliest and fondest memories of street skating. I remember mine hopping on the city bus, going downtown with the friends. Just those days, start to finish, magical. What was that like for you guys when you first started kind of getting around the city and, you know, getting in these streets, maybe getting, getting it in with the camera for the first times? I know you haven't forgotten those times. Second question. What's the best Little Wayne mixtape from the glory days, boys? Uh, I'm a dedication to you guy myself. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear some answers on those. Shout out to Joey. I love you, dude. And shout out to Matt. I'll see you in, uh, in a little bit. Thanks, guys. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to take it back to uh, Shred Central Skate Park. I know we said street, but going there with Phil <laughs> and then... 
uh, like this is like you know first one of the first five times probably we ever went there and we met uh, Pat O'Rourke and I think Phil was wearing a helmet or both of them were wearing a helmet like it was that back in the day and we decided to leave the skate park and venture around the corner to Bay and Wellesley and you know just try and like ollie off you know there's so many different height ledges there just trying to like ollie off like you know hip height shit and uh making a new friend <laughs> and yeah it was just classic fucking grom shit but i'll never forget that that shit was so fun like i remember meeting you there and about like all of us kind of would just bump into each other there and then when you take it to the streets that's when like the friendships bond or you go go to burger oh, yeah. king together or whatever so i just remember one of the first friends we made was pat back in the day good times um for me it would be uh i all of my like first skate memories were with my boys cody and six-year-old and our first couple times going downtown we literally just took the go train to the sky dome and skated at sky dome banks but we were actually so bad that we couldn't skate the banks. Like, I'm sure Cody no-slitted or something because he was always, like, a level up. But they had a curb there. And I think the third day we had gone there, we ran into some other skaters. And they were like, yo, you guys want to, like, keep skating, you know? And we're like, what do you mean keep skating? Like, this is it, dude. We're downtown. And they're like, well, y'all got a lot to learn. And the first place they took us to was Commerce Court. And I remember turning the corner and seeing Dan Stewart kick foot nose slide the wall ledge and Colin Passy was there. And it was just like seeing all the little three stairs with the stage three and the five flat just like blew my mind to to another level. But which one? Sorry, what? Which? Sorry, sorry to cut you off. Which one was more mind blowing? Turning the corner at Commerce or turning the corner at Makba? Because I remember you said that was your favorite skate moment. Both of those were literally insane, but like it had to be Commerce Court for sure. Like just not knowing anything <laughs> about skating, that was just how does this place like exist in the yeah. city I live in, you know? Um, but before I keep going, one for some reason this memory popped into my head, but this was like a little bit later on. And we would always like spend the whole day skating downtown, our whole crew. Like this is when me and Saifa had been skating together for years. We're talking years of sleepovers, years of fucking wrestling and ruckus and all sorts of shit. I don't know why this popped into my head, but when we would go to the Wendy's slash Tim Hortons on King Street and the night we stole the bag of day old donuts and took them home <laughs> and feasted <laughs> on donuts for hours. Not sure why like, a bag of garbage donuts popped into my head there, but I just figured I'd share that. <laughs> Hell yeah. So fucking classic. Um, I missed that Tim Horton slash Wendy's, man. Too oh, many yeah. late night good times with the Frosties. And favorite Lil Wayne mixtape? Gotta be No Ceilings, baby. That's an old one. Swag surfing. That shit was going crazy. Uh, My dis discography knowledge is is too limited so i can't pick one but fuck with lil wayne all day all right y'all that's gonna wrap up the post office for this week make sure you get your emails and voice notes into the bunt live at gmail.com we here for 12 straight weeks baby 
just to answer y'all questions. So make sure you get them in short and sweet like the ghost likes them, man. Yeah, and if you didn't hear yours this week, we had a huge backlog, but we'll be making our way through all the ones from the offseason. And if you're leaving voice notes on the Bunt website, they're coming to our inbox now. So um, man's like, Melvis, show yourself, man. We need y'all. <laughs> Welcome to The Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports, brought to you by the one and only Steam Whistle, Canada's premium pilsner, the only buzz. Ghost, we unfortunately were off air for the entirety of the NFL playoffs. Some of the best football we've seen from wildcard weekend all the way up to the Super Bowl. That was hands down the best playoffs I've seen in my time as a fan. If you had to pick one game and it would be the only game you could watch for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Oh, come on, you know, that's too easy. It's obviously Chiefs, Bills. Uh, in my short time as an NFL fan, the last five, six years, that was unquestionably the most insane game I've ever seen. But I even heard people like Charles Barkley, you know, who've been watching the NFL for what 30 40 years uh say that that was the best game he'd ever seen so i just i just feel lucky that i was a fan and got to watch that game man so fucking good we were truly blessed by that game josh allen patrick mahomes put on a performance we'll never forget and uh a lot of people after that one still enraged by the nfl overtime rules I understand those rules keep the game moving and it ends in a quick and orderly fashion in the regular season. But in the playoffs, I might like to see both teams get a chance, man. Because that was one of those ones where it was like, yo, whoever, it was similar to when Tom Brady and the Chiefs went to OT a few years back, where it was like, whoever's getting the ball, the game is over. So it sucks that it was a coin toss because neither of those defenses were stopping anything. Yeah. But then the funny part was the Chiefs went to OT the next week and fucking flopped so hard. So the rule, you know, whatever. Joe Burrow, Goaty. But yeah, that no, that game, man, like, you, you remember I was at Tyler's Cottage for the night, so I couldn't even watch the Saturday games. And I came home Sunday and I was like, yo, I've got four football games to watch. And I left my phone off. I was not going on Twitter. Not, didn't want any spoilers and I ended up watching three games on the Sunday everything was behind and my head literally was hurting because football games are so long I was like I gotta go to bed and I'll save the the Chiefs game for Monday morning phone off the whole the whole thing watched it by myself screaming at the TV called you right after and you were still high on it like talking to you you were still hyped the next day and I just finished watching it at like nine in the morning um yeah i wish the chiefs finished the job after that but man that was that was incredible football offensive football offensive for sure gabriel davis what was it four tds uh, yeah four and like 250 forget. or something i can't remember the exact stat line but um yeah are you gonna overdraft him next year what do you think Where, where's he going in the draft 
Hell no. He'll be... Someone will reach for him, and uh, I don't think it will pan out as they hope, but... Uh, good for them and good for Gabriel Davis for showing out like that. I wish Josh Allen had uh, a little bit of a better fate, but he's a guy who's going to be there. The Buffalo Bills, you know, they're going to be good for a long time. And I'm just going to take this moment with uh, Tom Brady officially retiring. I am uh, announcing myself as a 100% Bills Mafia fan oh. moving forward. There oh. will be no wavering for favorite players here or there. I did my thing with TB12 in New England, did it with Tom down in Tampa. But from here on forward, it is one and only Bills Mafia. We going through tables and that's what it is, baby. Okay, okay, I respect that. I like I love that. But I got one more question that I feel like maybe you didn't consider. What if your boy Gronk just plays one more season on another team that ain't the Bills? What do you do then? Because we know, obviously, you love Tom, but like Gronk was your favorite, like off the field kind of like you love that fool, man. I, I love, I love myself some Rob Gronkowski. I love characters in sports, man, and he's nothing but character. Because at the end of the day, it's just entertainment. Um, yeah, I'll support him, but I can't cheer for the team, man. I gotta, I gotta be strong in this stance that I'm now a Buffalo Bill through and through. Gronk, I wish you well. I hope that you do go play a year or two with a talented quarterback. I, I know Gronk's not dumb enough to go and waste his time anywhere else. If he uh, finds himself a good home with a good quarterback, I'll wish him well. But like I said, it's Buffalo, and that's it, baby. I respect it, bro. I like that. So let's just break down the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams for a second. OBJ finally getting that ring, went to LA to do it. Aaron Donald making the game clinching play, which is uh, arguably some of the worst play calling to end the Super Bowl there, giving the ball to P. Ryan on uh, third and one, running him towards Aaron Donald while Joe Mixon's on the sidelines. Um, yeah, Matt Stafford finally getting the job done. Our boy, Cooper Cup, we both got big time love for Cooper. All getting rings, couldn't be happier. And uh, shouts out to LA. It was a good game. It wasn't the most exciting considering the rest of the playoffs, but it was a good Super Bowl because it went down to the wire. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, but yo, the game clinching play was so beast and like, you know, poetic or whatever. But that third and one to me was more impressive, man, because I saw P. Ryan look like, oh shit, he's about to get it and then some. And then all of a sudden he just stopped moving and you just see an arm shoot out. And I was like, oh fuck, Aaron Donald literally stopped. Like, I think it was almost like he, he'd gotten past him and Donald just reached his arm out and stopped a fucking however many pounds back, like full momentum or not full momentum, but like, you know what I mean? That, that play was maybe the highlight of the game for me. Yeah, Aaron I, Donald. I thought that was first down for sure. Aaron Donald's superhuman strength, but to not have the the wherewithal, I don't even know what that word means, but it sounds good. To not have the wherewithal for Samaj <laughs> P. Ryan. Say it with your chest. To reach out and achieve that first down was um that was just sad, man. Sad to see the Bengals go down like that after such a Cinderella story. Sad to see Joe Burrow not make it happen with Jamar Chase after making such a big play 
to get the first first down in that drive. I thought for sure we're going to see a field goal and go to overtime, which would be right on par with all the other games this playoffs. It was sad to see it just like it seemed so abrupt the way that that, yeah. that drive just ended. I know. I thought, oh, I got to pat myself on the back for calling Bengals to the Super Bowl insane. halfway through the season. Absolutely insane. Uh, and shout out Davis for sure. He shout he he called the Rams. He did. Um, man, I didn't even see Davis and Robbie in LA. Man, I gotta go back. But anyways, um, yeah, I thought I thought I was rooting for the Rams. I'm not gonna lie. I was just like being in LA. I was just like, ah, fuck it. Let me just and that feeling of like these guys are all older, and yeah. so like we could see Burrow and that core kind of. They've got plenty of time to get one. Uh, hopefully they do. I'm a fan of that team. Uh, but it was it was kind of just good to see. It's like now all these guys, not that they're all retiring, but like now they can all retire like happy. You know, all the all the main dudes on that team and that old ass dude on the Rams. Like that got me so hyped for him because at one point it looked like the Bengals had that. Whitworth. What's that guy's name? Whitworth. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yo, this guy could. I don't know if he's gonna retire, but like this guy can just sail off into the sunset. Man's looking like my granddad out here. Dude, one of um, the funniest storylines of this whole thing for me is everyone being like, oh, Joe Burrow, he's young. They have a good core. He'll get back there. He'll get back there. And I saw Dan Marino post on Twitter like, yeah, I went there, lost, and I never got back there again. And then Jim Kelly from the Buffalo Bills was like, I made it there four years in a row and lost all four and didn't get back there. So, you know, you really got to make it happen in those times you get there. Because look at a guy like Jared Goff. Hate to say it, buddy, but you're probably never getting back there either. You know. So yeah, it, and Cam yeah, Newton. Cam Newton went there with one of the best teams, MVP season, and he lost to a defense and a noodle arm. So you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, but I thought part of me when they went up, like what was it, like 16 to 13 or whatever the yeah. score was when the Bengals went up for a bit. I was like, yo. Joe Burrow's getting that LSU fucking fairy tale ride right now, and like I, th- it really felt like they they were gonna take that for a minute, but um, yeah, I'm not bummed on the result. That was a that was a fun, really fun playoffs, man. Week was it week two with all the insanity? Yeah, yeah, it was a hell of an NFL season, and uh, already looking forward to the next one, man. Yeah, I saw. OBJ just had his surgery. Going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Uh, I hope that surgery doesn't cost him too much money, but I saw that he's probably not going to be ready to start the season. And like the way he kind of rejuvenated himself, it was looking like he was he had a, a nice little payday coming, man. Those two catches, like he it looked like he was about to cook the Bengals, man. He might have been the Super Bowl MVP the way he got started. Real shit. There's a lot to unwrap in the sports world, in the NHL, and the NBA, but we got lots of time for that. This is going to wrap up episode one of season five. Ghosts, it felt good to be back, baby. No doubt, man. Uh, the people, we back, man. Shit. Catch y'all next week. Ooh.